Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller. I hunt for the latest and greatest authors and experts in self-help and ask them the in-depth questions I'm curious about for my own growth. I bring these conversation series to you so we can learn and grow together. I'm back here with Dr. Benjamin Hardy to walk through his personal values, motives, and habits in the key areas of life fulfillment so we can hear what has driven and does drive him to guide us in being our future selves now, title of his new book, and design a life that fulfills and inspires him. Ben Hardy's books have sold hundreds of thousands of copies and his blogs have been read by hundreds of millions. His latest book is Be Your Future Self Now. That was our topic in part one of our discussion. Uh, You can find that in episode 1047. I actually walked through Ben's habits for success in March 2018 when I had him on the show. So here we really looked at how his values and habits have changed and evolved since then. He is now his future self four years later and attesting to the power of really looking at who he is becoming. And he shares a lot of his own evolution, some highlights. I mean, spiritually he recognizes his past self was a lot more human doing than human being and his continued desire to slow down and do that be, this is the top of my list as well. And you hear us talk about that relationally, even though four years ago, he says he was a devoted father. In some ways he had not truly embraced being a parent, like he's striving to do today, making it more of a priority and I'll say a sacred role. He's also growing to be much more relationally oriented and collaborative in his life. And we get into an interesting discussion. He credits Dan Sullivan for bringing to him of relationally being a buyer more than a seller and our propensity to all generally be trying to sell ourselves to others in relationships. In health and wellness, he culminates by admitting he's overall just striving to be better to himself and what that looks like. Mentally, he's working to be less reactive. With money, he talks about his chosen perspective of everything happening for him, not to him. And you'll hear much more in the episode. Ben's new book, again, Be Your Future Self Now, can be found everywhere. But check this out. If you'll go to futureself.com slash free, those of you in America can get free Kindle codes and get the book just that, free, no catch. He just bought a ton of codes and he offered to share them with me so I can share them with you. Uh, You can connect elsewhere with him at benjaminhardy.com. Hey, if you find value from the Self-Helpful Podcast and this episode. Leave a review. Tell people what you thought. Tell me what you thought. It'll help uh, everyone get more benefit. Best thing you can do, talk about something you heard today with someone else. You can always connect with me, my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Dr. Benjamin Hardy talking about the future self he has become and wants to become as he talks about his values, his motives, and his habits. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill 
bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, Ben, we're going to talk about values and motives and habits. And I found we did this together in, it was March 7th that it published at least 2018. So what a great topic to talk about your values, motives, and habits. What? Four years later. That's fascinating. The future self. Yeah. Well, that was literally like the week. I don't even remember this book came out. Around that exact time. Yeah, it was probably. I think it was March. I think it was March sixth or seventh or something like that, two thousand eighteen. Well, we probably did the show at a time with the book coming out. So, uh, yeah, and you're holding it up. You didn't say it, so it's his book. Willpower doesn't work. Which, which probably, I don't know if there's a book that I. uh, There's a handful of books that I repeat over and over and over on the book I refer to, and uh, willpower doesn't work is one of them. So, folks, if you haven't checked that one out. And you can go listen somewhere around March. We we did a show on that, but also talked about habits. So here we are to talk four years about, later. Yeah, four, four and a half. Four and a half years later. So there's a great evolution to talk about what has changed from the Doctor Benjamin Hardy four years ago till today. And number one is uh, spiritual and the spiritual. So if you looked at that and say, "Have your," I'll ask. How have your values, motives, habits, just tell me about that, how have they changed and evolved from four years ago, Ben? Are you talking about specifically spiritually or are you talking about in all ways? Spiritually. We're going to okay. hit, hit the other keys like relationships, health, and wellness. So I'm saying when you look at your spiritual walk relationship, how have they evolved, changed? What do you realize or even have, you know, where's your faith now as, as opposed to back then four years ago. It's, it'd be interesting to listen to that after you and I talk and, um, I'll send you a link. It'll be interesting. (laughs) Um, so I think that the first thing that comes to my mind is that I do believe I am, my faith was certainly a priority back then, a massive priority. Um, and so I, I definitely, I definitely, it was a big part of my life, even back then. Uh, I, I do think it's, it's evolved a lot now um, since then. Like I'm, it's, I certainly, you know, we go to church. Um, but yeah, my relationship with God has evolved a lot since then. Uh, I definitely still write in my journal, pray every single day. 
uh, I still go for massive goals. Uh, I, I believe that having big goals is for me a part of having faith, having a sense of purpose, um, learning more about God, watching miracles happen. Uh, so I exercise my faith a lot, but I was exercising my faith a lot back then as well towards what I believed to be noble ends, you know, and I strive to, I strive to be anxiously engaged in a good cause. Um, I strive mm-hmm. to go, go for things that are what I believe to be valuable and useful. Um, and hopefully the things I invest myself in are increasingly of higher and higher value, um, over time, I do think that the things I'm investing my time in now are of higher value. Um, I wasn't, by the way, I wasn't Dr. Benjamin Hardy back then. Were you I, got my, I, I, fin- <laughs> I finished my PhD in 2019. Um, I think a, a, a fundamental difference in who I am now versus who I was back then is I, I believe I was more of a, a human doing versus a human being. Hmm. I think I'm a lot more of a human being now. I even think if you look at my books, that book was all about behavior. Willpower doesn't work. Whereas be your future self now is all about beingness. It's about who you're being. It's about your identity uh, and just how you're, how you're orienting towards the whole world. And so I, I do think that I'm a lot more relational versus achieve. I'm very achievement oriented, but I think I'm a lot more relational. Um, even with my kids back then it, I was I cared about my kids a lot. You know, we had three foster kids. Actually, that conversation was a month after we adopted our three kids. Wow. Um, we adopted our three kids in February of 2018. No, I think I remember that, actually. I remember that you'd had them, but the final We'd adoption, had them for yeah. three years. Yeah, we'd like had the them final, for three years, right. and it was a massive journey to adopt yeah. them. We adopted them in February of 2018 after three years. But we got them in a pretty tough time. And I had never been, obviously, a parent before. I was in school. I was working towards big dreams of being a writer. Uh, And now we have these three kids. I have no idea what I'm doing. And admittedly, as much as, like, I loved them or said I loved them, they definitely weren't, like, a priority. Like, I mean, I would come home. I'd spend time. I'd take them to their games and stuff. But right now, it matters a lot to me uh, that they trust me, that I trust them. Um, that they feel my love, um, that they want to reach out to me, that they want to. And so I'm more, I'm not, I'm not interested in managing behaviors. I'm more, I'm more interested in managing the relationship. Uh, and just like, I'm focused on the relationship itself. Just like, I believe if I develop my relationship with God, the behavior kind of takes care of itself. So yeah, I don't know what any of that meant. No, I do. I want to ask a question and, um, We'll see if it's relevant. You being a guy who is not that you're outspoken, like you're up on a pedestal talking about, but you are a a guy of of faith. Absolutely. As am I has your, I'm going to use this verbiage that I've been using with my, some of my close friends because of a, a message that we had heard has your container of faith, the structure, the box, whatever you want to call it, has that changed in the past four years? Even as you talk about your kids, you know, what you lead them in spiritually. And uh, I don't know a better way to say it of that container. Has that changed or has that stayed pretty solid for you? 
I think it's changed. Okay. I think that uh, various structural aspects stay the same. Like I'm still part of the same religious community. I, I still read, for example, the Bible. Like those are aspects, you know, stuff like that. Like um, I believe in Jesus Christ. Like those are, but I would say that the container itself, how I see the world, how I operate, how I apply it, um, how much it means to me, I think it continues to grow. So yeah, I think the container, what I can do with it, uh, how I apply it, um, where it's taken me, how it's changed me, um, where it's still taking me, what 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 potential options or prospects uh, are are coming because of my faith. Those all constantly change uh, and evolve. So, yeah, I, I don't. I think that the container is probably very very different in terms of. 2008 me versus 2022 me when we talked at one point i don't know which conversation it was and i don't know if it was on a podcast or if it was offline but your initial thought towards authoring if i got this right was towards a more spiritual aspect now you're solidly in the what i'm going to call you know the self-help this is a self-helpful show the self-help you know arena self-improvement personal development um though you speak to i think you speak to your faith and everything that you write is that I'm just curious now, a direction, are you going to come out with a book more focused on specifically spirituality, faith? Uh, in the future, yes. Interestingly, as, as was, your future self? Oh, my future self, yes, yes 100%. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I would say even when I was writing up the proposal for future self, um, I was debating writing a book to two different books. One of them was, so there's actually a lot of psychology research on faith in God and about the benefits of faith in God. Like having a faith in God uh, obviously comes with an enormous set of benefits psychologically, whether it's resilience and challenges, whether it's peace, meaning, and I wanted to write a book all about that. Um, and for various reasons, it just didn't make sense, didn't work. And then I was going to write a book called The Necessity of Hope, uh, all about the research on hope and, and also would have probably, you know, included all sorts of faith elements. And again, it just didn't, it didn't work out. didn't feel right. Publisher, et cetera. Things just, it just, and so future self was the book that I ended up just actually writing, which is more in line with, I think my audience and just in general, what I'm doing right now, how I'm thinking, but you know, what back to the idea that you and I were talking about in our former conversation about how it's not 10,000 hours, it's 10,000 iterations. iterations, I I've gotten clear and clear on my future self and about like collaboration is really interesting and important to me. So like I write books with Dan Sullivan and I've thought a lot about future collaborations and who I would want to help, who I would want to, you know, I guess you could say deploy my talents towards uh, or what I would like to deploy my talents toward. And uh, I think for the next couple of years, I, if, if it all works out, I'd hope to write, a handful more books with Dan Sullivan, but, but I also am kind of targeting transforming myself in a certain direction. I'd love, I would love to write um, more spiritual books and I plan to, and probably I'd say probably if you're talking to me in four or five years, I'd be surprised if that wasn't almost the full-time direction I was at, but, I, but I very much see what I'm doing right now as important for that, like entrepreneurship, leadership, um, like really big thinking, all these things I'm studying now, I think, are very important for kind of more 
church slash gospel leadership training or just helping people uh, live their faith. So, yeah. Your doctorate's in organizational psychology, right? And yeah, then, and that's essentially leadership training and development. Yeah, and, and, and I've had, gosh, I don't know how many people with uh, similar, similar degrees, doctorates on here. And then in the book, Be Your Future Self Now, you talk about the shift from, let's say, traditional psychology back in the late 1800s, the late 1900s into positive psychology. Did you know that I, um, not that I had her on the show, but uh, Tama Bryant, she is the, she was last year president elect. I don't know if she's president now of the APA. And she is a woman of faith and her primary stick is bringing spirituality into psychology because she says as a, as a primary tenant uh, pillar foundation of humanity to not have that as a part of psychology is very remiss. Yeah, I know is remiss. And that's really where uh, I mean, I've, yeah, I've gone through the field. It's pretty atheistic, honestly. Uh, yeah. Well, so your new president, uh, at least president elector, if she's not the president now, I don't know when it took effect of the APA Tamer Bryant. That's, uh, that's what she's aiming to do. So that's exciting. That is really cool. Yeah. I mean, what it, I've seen now having gone through the psychology world and also being in more of the mainstream media world, I see how psychology trends get perpetuated through society. They really do. They really do. Like, um, I see like when certain things start to get popular and then like a year or two later, it's like, it becomes like mainstream. You know what I mean? And it's, I see its influence. I see its impact. Well, and you spoke about, or well, I was right in the intro, or, or somewhere at the beginning of your book, maybe chapter one, about psychology in its, we could say somewhat in its inception, it was focused, as is all traditional medicine, on pathologies, on fixing something that's wrong, something that's already broken. We don't turn it into preventative and looking to how to pursue a flourishing life. We use it for the problem. So um, I appreciate you beating the drum that direction. You mentioned, again, great lead-in, you mentioned relationships, how they have changed, and we can go from back to 2018, Ben, and you mentioned a moment ago that they changed with your kids of being something of, I don't want to put words in your mouth, of, of, of value and, and uh, gravity in your life, but not to the same degree now. So again, if we look back at the values that Ben had with relationships and I'd, I'd, you know, think about your wife, your kids, but even friendships, how has that now evolved four years later? It's crazy different. Um, I think uh, several principles uh, operate within me now that were not operative back then. So I wrote a book with Dan Sullivan called who not how, and this is all about having the right who's in your life, you know, um, rather than trying to do it all yourself. And so I, I think I was more of a how-oriented person back then. I was answering my own emails, as an example. Um, I was managing my own finances, blah, blah, blah. Like, now I have, you know, a team of people who help me. Um, but also, I, I rely on really important people to help me make important decisions rather than trying to do it all by myself. Um, so, like, you know, as an example, financial advisor, people I collaborate with. Um there's a concept I want to share here, and it's another Dan Sullivan idea, and I guess I, I've been so deeply enmeshed in his work for several years now, but he's got a concept that I think is very important that influences how I approach relationships now. 
And it's a concept he calls always be the buyer. And basically he talks about how in relationships you have one of two orientations. You're either, you either have a buyer mentality. uh, And if you're the buyer, what that means is you have very clear standards for what you want. And Hmm. you're willing to walk away if the situation is not providing you what the, what your standards are. Whereas if you're a seller, you're really trying to sell yourself and you don't have very clear standards. You're essentially desperate to be in the situation, desperate to be in the relationship. Hmm. Um, and I think I've, I think in the, I think if I was thinking about my, how I was operating in 2018, I was probably more of the seller in a lot of my relationships. And when you're the seller, you, you, you find yourself in a lot of situations that you don't really want to be in, but you think you need to be in them, you, you know, whereas when you're the buyer, you're really clear on who you are and you, you, you say no a lot more. You say no to a lot of great, interesting things. Um, you walk away. This, that's kind of how Dan defines the buyer is they can walk away, whereas the seller doesn't want to walk away. They're like, they, they feel like they need the thing. Um, they're, and so I'm a lot clearer on my standards and I continuously refine my standards, you know? And so as an example, could be like for speaking opportunities. Like we, we take past experiences and we clarify like, this is like, this is what I want, you know, or this is, this is the standard and if they can't meet it and if it, you know, whether it's a relevant audience, whether it's a certain price point, like if they can't do it, we're just happy to say no. Whereas I think in the past, um, I mean, even for the podcasts I go on, right? Like when I, when I launched uh personalized and permanent, I think I went on 200 podcasts and I did not have very high standards for the podcast. I went on, I'm happy. I went on a lot of them, but like you create clear criteria and then you become the buyer. Yeah. Um, even I'll even just give one other example, like in one of, in a coaching program that I've had, like in the past, I think I would have just let people in if they were, if they wanted to pay for it, you know, because we wanted clients. But now we've created really clear criteria where it's like, they, we don't want to sell anyone into our program. Like if I have to sell someone into it and try to convince or persuade them to make the decision, they end up not being the strongest, the best, the most interesting clients. Like the ones who are really good are the ones who are essentially banging that down the door to get in. And so we've kind of made that a standard that if you're not a hundred percent committed, excited, like you want in a hundred percent, then we actually would not let you into the program. Um, and so that's just kind of a, a big shift in how I operate in relationships. Um, in general, it's just being the buyer, having clear standards, um, not necessarily trying to be everything for everyone. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, 
but getting them to actually give their payment info is. And Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It is an interesting place to be in for you as a, I'm going to say a personality that there is a relevant aspect to your business of selling who you are and what you do. And I find that I was just at the big podcast movement convention, biggest podcast convention. And of course, so much about social media and going out there. And I just, man, I struggle with, I don't really feel like documenting my life and putting it out there. It might help uh, with selling, but it's also, it's not who I am as a, as a person. So yeah, it's an interesting um, place for you to say that. And yet be in that place of, well, I guess you can rely on guys like me. I'll sell you. How's that? <laughs> yeah, but you're, the thing is, is you're not really selling me either. You actually are the buyer because you actually have you have pretty clear standards for who you let on your show. Like True. you don't, True. you know, it's and so like the only reason I'm here is because I fit your criteria yeah. in a lot of ways, right? Like totally. and you sharp and you continually sharpen those, and so both people can actually be the buyer, and uh, you know, w- you know, we both fit what what each other are trying to accomplish it's a very aligned situation and so That's it true. allows you to be a lot more aligned and those are the opportunities you want is where both people are you know are are both genuinely wanting to be there but are also clear on on why they're there yeah i've got gosh i'm looking under my desk here i've probably got eight boxes of books 
that I got to figure out something to do with because I'm sure they're great. But yeah, I, I probably pay attention to one out of 20 that are sent to me that fit the criteria here. So yeah, uh, good, good point. All right. Health and wellness, Ben. So 18, eight or 2018, four years ago, health and wellness, your perspective on your values and your habits there, what's changed since then? That one is a little, a little interesting. Certainly I'm four years older. So I, I guess I was 30 in 2018 cause I'm 34 now. I was born in 1988. Um, so I think that – I don't know if I'm healthier now than I was back then. I think mentally I'm a lot healthier, um, which is obviously a huge impact on the physical body. Um, I think I'm, for the most part, better to myself. Um, I've Sleeping has always been an important thing to me. Sadly, if you'd followed my sleep patterns the last two weeks, it would not be impressive. I'm on pretty intense deadline and going through a lot of changes right now. So as we speak, my health hygiene has not been at a, a radically high standard. Um, but I definitely am thinking more about my future self. Uh, and I was thinking about my future self even back then. But um, yeah, I, w- I would definitely say that health wise i'm i'm i am actually i'm definitely better <laughs> uh in terms of the standard uh in terms of the things i eat the things i consume um even just keeping in a calm peaceful state of mind um which i see as health um do you have a diet i'm not as, I'm not as reactive do yeah, you have a dietary structure that you follow anything specific on the nutrition side not really. Um, I'm not like, I'm not hyper intense. Um, but I, I certainly, I certainly am thoughtful. You know, I, I I'm not, I'm not. Like you I'm as a not, family, are you doing the fast food drive through, get a happy meal or you guys do home? No, meals we don't more? do that. Yeah. yeah. We do home cooked meals. Um, we do go out to eat here and there. Sometimes we'll order pizza, but for the most part we do home cooked meals. Like my wife makes dinner five or six times a week. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we believe in having family, family dinner and having home cooked meals, you know, it's so no, we're, we don't really eat fast food. I don't really eat fast food myself. Um, so in general, my, I think my eating habits have trended positively. Um, what about, what about they, on the, they exercise, certainly have. the exercise side, just movement? What are you doing there? Fitness has been pretty important to me for o- over a decade. Like since I got home from my church mission, I've I've gone to the gym, done a lot of running and stuff like that. Uh, I do a lot more walking these days, um, a lot more kind of meditative stuff. I still I, I went to the gym this morning for like probably thirty minutes, and I, when I go to the gym, I, I am more like super active. So like I'll do, um, you know, I'm not like trying to like become Arnold Schwarzenegger and like become a huge bodybuilder, but like I'll like lift heavy, but I'll also do like lots of circuits and stuff like that. Just like, I just like seeing how much I can do in a short spurt. So I do a lot of walking. I'll go to the gym like four times a week or between 20 and 50 minutes, depending on the day. So, yeah. Is that, do I recall that that's kind of where you do your morning solitary time is in the parking lot of the gym? Did I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. I still, I still, have that ritual for the most part. 
Uh, I love I love being in my car, whether it's like outside my house or whether it's outside the gym or somewhere. I I, I get a lot out of um having like a, a forcing function where I know I'm going to go into the gym probably in like 15, 20 minutes. And so I've got just a chunk of time to just like really like meditate, pray, reflect, write, think about what I want to accomplish. Think about, think about ideas. Um, we need to I'm get you kind of working we, through things. We need yeah. to get you a car sponsor. This is where Dr. Benjamin Hardy writes his greatest thoughts is in this car. So we need a, you, you need to pick a, a, uh, one of the manufacturers, you need a car sponsor so you can talk wow, about it. They that'd be amazing. It. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, the next one is mind and mental health. And you mentioned that right at the beginning of health and wellness. And I like that term better to myself. You talked about your walks being meditative. So yeah, what has, sounds like there's been some evolution on the mental side. And, you know, we talked about in the first and part one about the value of having that future avatar out there that we're working for, but also the value of being present right in the moment, which you combined actually in the story. It was, I don't know what chapter it was in the book where you talked about coming into your house or or coming into your driveway and saying, okay, I'm going to go in and act as my future self would. And it was such a, to me, it felt like a gratitude of the little girl, you know, your daughter who ran up to you and your wife that you opened the door to and whatnot. So yeah. Talk, tell us about the mental side. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I still have plenty of ups and downs. Um, I think I had way more ups and downs back then. I was less at peace than I am now. Uh, I think I, I think in general I'm far far calmer, far less reactive than I was before. Um, yeah, I think I'm s- slower mentally, not like in a bad way, but like I'm I'm comfortable with slowness now. Whereas I was always kind of go go go, even back in 2018. Uh, I think I I value like you know slowness, um, giving myself plenty of like. I don't need to get that chapter done this afternoon. Like I could actually like let it ferment for a while. I can think about it. Um, so I, I think I've, I, I, I think I've definitely embraced fast and slow thinking. Uh, I, sometimes I need to sit and write 3000 words or I really need to like get, get something done. And I, I can still do that. I can still be hyper effective, hyper productive, but I don't need to be anymore. Um, I can just, I can still, I can just actually just enjoy and just be like, be okay. Uh, I still have big goals. I still do want to achieve things and I don't feel great if I'm wasting plenty of time, but I, I enjoy, yeah, I guess I could just say I enjoy kind of more depth. Um, there's a great book actually I read. Have you ever read the book catching the big fish? No, don't know of it. Yeah, I mean, that book's really about meditation uh, meditation and creativity. But he talks about consciousness like like, um, like fish, you know. And, and if you're at the – well, it's like the ocean. But if you're at the surface where you just are bouncing from one thing to the next, um, you know, you're going only for small fish, right? That's kind of like the container to some degree that you and I were talking about. But if you go really, really deep um, – there's obviously a lot bigger fish, <laughs> bigger ideas, bigger concepts, bigger transformations. Um, and so I think I, I am generally 
deeper. I think I, I interesting. You use the, the, the concept of fast food. I think in a lot of ways I've gone from fast food to fine dining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't actually eating fast food back then, but in terms of how I think, I think yeah. I've slowed it down. There's a lot more nuance. Uh, it's a lot more like holistic connected, like, uh, and that, that can be depicted in like writing blogs as very like, you're cranking them out fast. It's like fast dopamine hits. Whereas like books, it's so much slower, harder. You're connecting far more depth of ideas. And so I kind of was a fast food thinker versus, a, you know, even with the books, I'd still read personal development, but I was just kind of wanting a, wanting a quick insight or something. Whereas like now I'll listen to the same book like 10 times and I, I'm really trying to understand. Uh, yeah. You talked, you know, just about that, your own move of going from, being more of a doing, you know, that, that, that human doing to a human being. And as we look at that awareness, I find that I have to, the only way I, I have to slow down, I have to slow down. And yet does it mean I do less? And I think, no, I do deeper. And I, you talking about the book that was been a great process for me in writing the book for me to really go down the rabbit hole, which is how I give the terminology and be creative it just requires space that I can't get when I'm just running so fast. And so I like that. Yeah, just it doesn't we don't like the word slow uh, or margin or uh, and yet I find myself that it feels more successful to me that I don't have every minute jam packed. And if somebody needs to meet a lot of times, I, do you, I you want to talk. I can talk now. And I'm, I'm more grateful for that than saying, no, you know, you're going to have to call my secretary and book it out two months ahead of time. Um, I'm all for being intentional, but man, I like margin and flexibility. I don't know. I think it's getting a little sexier than it used to be, but, uh, not one of the key phrases people look for, for, you know, success. Yeah. I'm big on, I think I was definitely busier eight. (laughs) I was way busier. Uh, four years ago. Certainly, I was still going to school. Uh, just put out my first book. Hilariously, I would have been very depressed, actually. I was very depressed the four months after Willpower Doesn't Work came out because it didn't do as fast as well as I thought it would. And mm. so um, I think I'm better at bouncing back. Um, I I think I'm taking... I, I am still taking certain... Cur- you know, certainly being courageous, taking risks, Uh striving to be true to myself, true to my future self. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a progression. Well, how about on the work side then that pillar of life, the work career business, obviously you've gotten, uh, you know, things are doing well since 2018. You've had a lot happen. You've had multiple books come out. Have there been, well, you just said you slow in some ways slow down, but you're producing a lot, but is that, part of the thing i'm you're producing deeper things you're but maybe not as many the, the yeah my out, my output is probably not as effective like i think if i was to like actually look at my daily like well back in sorry back in 2018 i had just published my first book and i was surprised how hard it was because i was in a really big momentum for blogging like i'd get up and i I didn't blog every day, but like I would, I could crank out massive, impactful articles that were powerful that like went viral 
Well, well, let me say that if people don't know you that in, I don't know if you still are, but you got to a point in, in a relatively short period of time of being the number one or, or almost. Yeah, no, I was the top, I was the top blogger on medium.com on medium, yeah. for like two and a half or three years. Okay. I mean, it was like, it was a massive, massive blessing. It was ridiculous. It was awesome. I haven't really done too much blogging since then. Actually, I wrote a blog post yesterday, probably my first blog in a year. Oh. Uh, and I threw it on LinkedIn. So it's kind of cool. And I'm, I'm thinking about experimenting with that again. Well, and, and um, tangibly, we can say that, that it was that blog and the success that you had there that got you the book deal for Willpower Doesn't Work. Yeah, it had to. I, you, I, you can't, uh, you know, you have to have an audience of some sort if you want a book deal. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you have this podcast. And so without that, you wouldn't have been able to get the deal. Yeah, no way. And so... Yeah, so I guess is is the question just like what is my values towards work? Well, what, how have they changed? And I would say even say are there some decisions that you have made of things? I'm always curious uh, for somebody like you of things that you decided I'm not going to do that. Well, like that, you know. So you were blogging, now you're not. You've let that go. Are there some other decisions that you have made tactically of saying I'm not going to do that, so I can do X, or that's not providing value, or you just don't have the heart for it anymore? And in being in the place you are too you have a dramatic amount of opportunities that probably come into the email box every day that you have to make the decisions of, I'm not going to go invest down that pathway. I'm going to go over here. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because like none of my books have like technically blown up, but like all of my books do very well. Like relatively so. So like I've heard it said there's about 80,000 traditionally published books published every year. 80,000 traditional. Obviously, there's like a million probably if you're going into like just the like self-published and stuff like that. But, yeah, but let of, me clarify that for folks. So, yeah, we're talking the big publishers like you've been with, you know, you're with Hay House right now and I'm with uh, McGraw-Hill. And so your average book deal that goes out. And is taken on by a publisher that pays for the rights and puts it out. So yeah. that, that's what you're talking about, eight thousand. Yeah. Now we have, of course, Amazon uh, print yeah. on demand and a zillion self-publishing. Okay, got. It. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
Yeah, and I'm happy. And self-published books are awesome. A lot of them far more successful than most, you know, many of the traditionally published books. So it's not like one's better than the other. But just to give some numbers. So out of the out of the 80,000 traditionally published books published a year in that number, maybe plus or minus five or 10,000. But um, only about 300 of them sell over 50,000 copies. So very interesting. I'm lucky enough that all my books do do beyond that. Um, but yeah, in terms of how I approach my work, I, I, I'm not as scheduled. Uh, I very much value bigger blocks of time for thinking, for, for just walking, for listening to books. Um, the deep work, as Cal would say. Yeah, 100%. Deep work. Um, I feel like it's required more for the type of work I do now. Whereas back then... Um, I didn't need as much deep work. I only needed maybe an hour of focus. Whereas now I need like three, um, or four of, and I'm not saying I'm like fully in the zone where there's like no, no, no checking of like no calls or whatnot, but it's more just like, I value bigger blocks of time, um, for thinking, for reflecting, um, I think how I would describe my work now versus my work then is less, but better, you know, that's kind of like essentialism, mm-hmm. um, higher quality, less quantity. So higher quality of, of what I do, but less quantity of what I do. Um, so that, that's probably the easiest way to describe it. Like less, for example, podcast interviews, but hopefully higher quality ones, um, less output, but hopefully higher, higher quality. Um, I'm, I'm still like, I still have aggressive goals. Like I, I'm, I would love to trend towards publishing like two books a year. Um, in 2020, I published well, I published Personalities and Permanent and Who Not How. Um, last year, I published Gap and Gain. This year, I published Future Self. Next year, I think I got two books. So like I, I'm still in in most you know relative pretty pretty output oriented, yeah. but but uh, it feels slower than when I was cranking out the blogs just cause I, I, I used to be able to just sit down, be in flow, crank out like three to 5,000 words, push publish, not even think about it. Now it's like, it actually takes a little bit more. Not, not because it actually does feel harder. I, I, it's weird. I think that this is kind of a craft where, you know, it, it feels harder every book. Uh, cause I think I'm trying to do things I've never done before. So it, it doesn't feel, I mean, certainly I have skills, like I can build an outline, uh, a lot easier now and stuff like that, but it, it feels like it gets harder every book. Do you, so back then you were, uh, you were more of a blogger, uh, as, as far as what you're doing than authors, that's still what you would, you know, if the kids are going to say, what is, you know, what's your dad do? They would say right. I'm a writer. Like I'm an author. Do they? Like okay. I write books. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's, it's definitely more like, you know, you got a, a decent stack of them these days. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and I, I do enjoy it. Um, I think my future self is even more so like a a author, trainer, teacher. Um, so I, I just think that's that's still in the trend. Well, next piece then is uh, fruition of that money, uh, finances, wealth. I mean, you have obviously had some successes, I imagine, since 2018. Finances have changed somewhat. But as you look at that, and you talked about your financial advisor or money manager that you have. Um, yeah, again, looking at the values and where you, what do you want to do with 
money, how you want to see the future self and what is, again, wealth, if you want to call it that, or, you know, financial prosperity, security, whatnot, what's evolved since then? So Dan Sullivan has a really good concept, uh, and we based who, not how on that concept, but he calls it his four freedoms, freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom of relationship and freedom of purpose. Um, freedom of time is really about, and these are all about quality more than quantity. Um, but obviously quantity can matter as well. Um, but like the quality of your time, your freedom of how you spend your time, what you're doing with it, the value of your time, how others value your time. Um, so like, I'm more striving for freedom, but freedom, freedom of, uh, freedom of money is also important. Like having access to money, um, yeah, obviously investing in your future self. So, um, and then obviously freedom of relationship relationships, you know, there's that whole saying your network is your net worth. And so like having, uh, people to help you or collaborations and stuff like that. So in terms of money itself, I mean, I'm, radically farther ahead financially than I was back then. I think a lot differently about money. I'm more systemized about money in terms of like regular investing. Uh, I've had plenty of money. I'm a lot smarter about money, but I've also made bigger financial mistakes than my former self did. So like my, um, so I've, I've had to learn some hard lessons, um, which are great. You know, everything happens for you, not to you. Um, I think I have, you know, back to that whole be the buyer concept that I shared with, you know, I think I'm a lot clear on my standards and how much I value, like what my value is. And so I'm willing to walk away from, from more money than I used to be able, you know, I would be more willing to do things that maybe I wasn't as excited about back then for money. Whereas now I'm happy to walk away from, from, I guess what we would call bad money, bad money being money that I you know, I made in a way that I didn't really want to. Um, so yeah, I, I value money probably more, but I'm also, but I also value how I make it more. Last one's achievements. And this is a great topic for future self, obviously is looking at that. We talked about, I don't know if I think it was at the end of part one, uh, that concept, you talked about confidence, having confidence in yourself. And I talked about the value I've found on doing things daily, those daily deposits, doing the things that I'm proud of, but in looking at, you know, deathbed regrets that people have, uh, Australian nurse, Bronnie Ware wrote a book on that. She was a hospice nurse, deathbed regrets. But then recently Dan Pink wrote his, you know, the power of regrets. And that's from people who are not at the end of life. They're maybe right in the middle of it and looking and it just, grew in gravity to me of achievements of kind of like that. What we talked about in part one, I'm the kind of guy who has done, we look back and talk about our achievements. I mean, you just held up your stack of books now and that's a big achievement that you have a published author in those things. You were a number one, you know, blogger. You, we look at those achievements with, you got married, you had kids, you know, you adopted. I mean, those are big achievement things. So to look forward, that one's powerful to me. I want to be the kind of guy who has achieved X and those big, and, and, and also what we talked about in part one, not judging those things. I mean, I may want to do something and, you know, win a mountain bike national championship as an older guy. It's just, just for me, it's not going to, I'll get no money. I'll spend money doing it, but it's just something that I have an interest in that matters. So as you look at your achievements, uh, 
have some of those changed even in the past four years of things that maybe you thought you wanted to achieve that now you don't or some new ones that you realize, I think I want to go that direction. Um, hmm. I mean, when I was kind of in undergrad, fresh coming home from like a church mission, I think the the biggest achievements that I wanted to have were to like I wanted to get a PhD. I wanted to become a professional author. I wanted to have a family, um, and like so those those were like big big things that mattered a lot to me that were huge focuses. Um, and so in terms of where I'm at now and what you know how I'm looking at achievement, I certainly still have lots of big things I want to do, huge things. Um, I, I'm I am more interested in like my kids achievements like helping my kids get to certain places especially the older three uh family experiences you know stuff like that um but yeah i would say i'm still very committed and interested in publishing more and better books uh definitely interested in reaching you know financial places um and you know, back to, I think the question may have been in the prior interview, but certainly a, a big part of me is excited to do more collaboration in more of like a church setting or in more, yeah, yeah more in that way, spending, you know, spending my time training leaders in like a, my church or in, or, or collaborating in that manner, writing more spiritual, spiritual based books. Um, yeah, so I think that those are some of the things that excite me now. Um, Do you have any on the personal side, just you and your family of uh, you know some things that you want to have done? Yeah, from from a hobbies and interest, you know, a side of life even. So like we we um, we we travel together quite a bit. Like we spent six weeks in Europe this summer. Um, my wife is a part of a community called House Swapping, which is pretty interesting. So like we will. Um, like we swap houses with people in this community. So like we spent three weeks in Utah over the summer, my kids were doing summer camps and like we stayed in someone's house. They stayed in our house. Uh, this over Christmas, we're going to swap with someone in Costa Rica where he's, where he's got this beautiful house up in the mountains. We're going to stay in his house and he's going to stay in our house in Orlando. So we, we do those kind of things in terms of, if I'm thinking about experiences or things um, to help my kids with a lot of it's, a lot of it's more developmental, like just helping, especially my older kids. Um, you know, they still have plenty of trauma from becoming foster kids, being taken from their parents. You know, uh, even me, I know I caused a lot of trauma to my kids and probably still do on a regular basis when I'm reactive to them. And so uh, getting better and better at healing those relationships so that they don't have to deal with them too much and have to solve them as adults. Hopefully we have a healthy relationship and have solved a lot of that here um but yeah i mean i want to have lots of peak experiences with my kids like my oldest son is 14 he's really into tennis i'd love to help support him in his goal of getting to play college tennis and so um he we had fun when we were in spain i think it was spain no it was uh oh it's france we went to the french open oh, yeah. and saw naval or not nadal sorry nadal <laughs> um and so I, I think that uh, those kind of things are, those things are really cool. Like just enjoying that. Yeah. 
Man, I, I just appreciate the contemplative uh, walk through these things. And I mean, this right here is an exercise to go through these key areas we talk about and think about uh, through the lens of your book, Be Your Future Self Now, what do we want to see? And I know it's another way of looking at goals, which has been around for a while, man, but we still stink at it as as a culture at doing this, sit down and take, again, 15 minutes or longer would be better, but to think, where do we want to see our future selves and to compare it with where were we? I mean, we just did it with you with four years ago. And of course it'd be different if we looked at eight years ago. So, um, we won't let too long go before we do it again and see how things have evolved with your future self. Ben, man, thank you, uh, for the candor and the heart and, uh, for being with me. It's always fun. All right, friends, again, Ben's new book, Ben Hardy's new book, Be Your Future Self Now, can be found everywhere. And again, if you go to futureself.com slash free, those of you in America can get the free Kindle codes and get the book free. There's no catch. He bought a bunch of Kindle codes and offered them to me to share with you. Uh, You can connect further with Ben at BenjaminHardy.com. Thank you, as always. For choosing to tune into the Self Helpful Podcast. If you got value from this podcast and from this episode, leave a review. Tell people what you thought. Tell me what you thought. Best thing you can do, talk about something you heard here. Ponder it. Discuss it with someone else. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.